welcome to Trivial Merit, the music therapy podcast where we make playlists that hopefully will help you move from a more negative headspace to a more positive headspace. I'm here with my co-host, Matthew. Hello. Hello, Caroline. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I am off work this week, so I'm having a luxurious time mindset. Nice. Yes. Nice. It's been it's been very nice. How are you? I was I was off work last week, and I I I, it, I was so bored I took a laser to my eye. Yeah, you were. Off, it doesn't sound quite right when we add that you were having eyeball trauma, and that's why you were off work. <laughs> no, I was well. So, um, so without going too far into it, uh, I'm kind of saving all of my medical time off for if uh my partner and i are able to ever conceive um but uh so i had to work overnights the weekend before and when you do that in my department they can give you most of if not all of the next week off oh that's awesome i was able to schedule my surgery and then just say hey anybody want to give up the long weekend so i can uh get my eyeball shot up by a doctor (laughs) and (laughs) and uh and people are like everyone's like what's wrong and i'm like well nothing it's just body's doing most of the work but the doctor wants to reinforce so now uh i can see there was no like this this didn't make my eyes any better it just kept them from you know not working anymore so uh which is uh which is optimal because seeing is my second favorite sense uh but now it's i'm in the middle of a it's been a year for me caroline i know i'm kind of dumping here Uh, i'm not going to do much more of it but this week i get to go home for my father's celebration of life so oh oh my goodness well (laughs) at least you waited long enough after the eyeball lasers that you can see yes Yes. It would yes. be somehow, I think stacking the two events would be worse. Worse, yes, but somehow that seems like a, that seems like something, that's like a, that's like a very mat move, just because I tend to pile things onto myself in a weird amount of ways. Right, um, that would be, well, that would be in the movie version of your life, like starring, yes. <laughs> starring John Cusack as like a hapless guy who just like can't get a break uh it's funny you say john cusack because uh, a friend of mine um her name is Erin. she's uh well uh she uh and i worked together at the sports bar i dj'd at and she's like you are just john cusack in high fidelity aren't you and this was like two, <laughs> years, two years after the movie so so, so yeah Erin, if you hear this love you um uh so what are we doing here? It's Trivial Merit, right? It's Trivial Merit. I'm show having a... <laughs> with two hosts and eight song playlists. And, oh yeah, that one. Okay. And today we're doing Daft Punk. Oh yes, Daft Punk from Anxious to Elated. Sorry about that. I had a really mistimed brain flatulence. Um, oh, you're fine. Uh, that's just I more guess. time for me to pet Chester's tummy. So oh, that's okay. Oh yes, yes. 
the t- Chester tummy needs to be addressed. We will not, we will not delay that at all. Um, so what's, what's your experience with Daft Punk? Well, so I kind of thought that I had only really listened to Discovery, which I think is probably their most famous album. Yeah. But then there were songs I recognized on their first album, Homework. Mm -hmm. And there were other songs that I had heard before. And of course, their um, quote unquote most recent album from 2013 um, has, um, what's the song? The big song. Get Lucky. Get Lucky. That's right. I was yes. thinking Uptown Funk, and I was like, that's a, it, that's a different big song. Yeah, that is um, Bruno Mars. <laughs> I know. It just just had a crossed wire. But um, so I, had, of course, heard Get Lucky because that was everywhere. It was inescapable at the time. Yeah. And yeah, so there was, there was more familiarity than I thought, but still a lot of this I was hearing for the first time, a lot of kind of fun surprises. And, um, but I first heard discovery when I was in college, which I think it came out in like 2001. Does that sound Mm -hmm. right? That is exactly correct. Okay. And so that I was in high school then, but my high school was in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I was lucky to even be discovering Britpop because of the internet at the time. So I just like didn't really hear Daft Punk until I got to college and it was something that people were listening to. So at that point I was like, oh, this is actually awesome. I didn't know a lot about almost any kind of electronic music because it just like wasn't, it hadn't saturated the pop mainstream the way that it has now. Okay. And, um... Definitely, at least the pop mainstream where I lived. And um, the same thing is true of hip hop. So that's, I didn't really hear much hip hop as a child either. But so all that is to say, I heard them in college. I liked them. I wore out Discovery to the point where I was sort of like, I think I'm a little bit burned out on this. Um, So it was actually, I hadn't listened to them in a long time. It was nice to go back and hear the old stuff and hear the stuff that was new to me. So. What is your level of exposure to Daft Punk? Well, um, I was it was I was happy to hear you say a little uh, the word fun surprises because that means this probably wasn't as much of a downer for you as uh, another <laughs> one of my big faves is uh, the, in the Velvet Underground. But um, but Daft Punk is uh, a duo that. It was the first. Um, it was the first dance. It, it, I don't. It was the first dance music I felt okay playing in front of people, like when I was in my car. Interesting. Because uh, I mean, growing up, like I was always, I was always mesmerized by the radio, and like when I could sneak an MTV watch session, like I would. But I would also like. Uh, I mean, I grew I grew up in suburbia. We had cable, so like MTV and BET, especially at night, like when hip hop was on, uh, the, that was like my favorite time because uh, hip hop was it, it was very fresh and and new. But because of, because of hip hop, and I know I sound it feels like I'm going off. I promise it's going to lead to Daft Punk. Uh, 
I started learning about 60s and 70s soul because a lot of those artists sampled like James Brown, Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, th- one of my, probably my favorite hip hop album of all time, um, Beastie Boys, they sampled Rose Royce for like an, they sample like four or five Rose Royce songs for a track. So like you learn a lot of, and, and I became fascinated with disco because of that. So that, you know, and that would lead me to ABBA and, you know, a lot, a, a lot of artists that I would love to listen to in secret well, I know that if I tried to play any of that for friends, uh, you know, I, I was very, I was and still am very self-conscious about uh, a lot of that um, just because of where I, where I grew up, because the Midwest is kind of troublesome for that sort of thing, or at least it was in my experience. But when I first heard Around the World, I was actually... The first time I heard it, I had to play it on the radio. And uh, it, it was the first time I heard it. It was on, on my afternoon radio show in high school, 1996, I think. Uh, so it was after I had established myself at, at... It was a high school radio station, so it wasn't like... It wasn't like I was... It wasn't like anybody was listening, but... Um, I played that, and I'm like, what is this? And why is it on what is quote-unquote an alternative rock station. Um, and then, you know, luckily I, I had enough friends listen to my show saying, Hey, what was that? And I actually went out and, and found, uh, the CD and, and just fell in love with this simple set of like, you know, four on the floor disco sounding yet somehow feeling very hip hoppy loops and uh and it seemed like it was samples but i don't think it actually i still don't think it actually is i'm not i'm not i've, I've never done that research i'm not going to pretend to know um but that dominated a lot of my list my listening for the next few years and when I would play it in front of friends they'd be like wow this is really cool I'm like yeah man dance music's really good <laughs> let me let me tell you about the chemical brothers which you know it's, it's kind right of funny. it's kind of funny like at the time um you could the midwest was still kind of it seemed to me the midwest that I saw from my point of view uh was was seemingly still stuck in that when was it the the Chicago nineteen was it seventy six or seventy nine where they all, where they burned all those disco yeah disco records. destruction night yeah and it was just like disco sucks I felt like, it felt to me like a lot of that still existed in the late nineties I'm sure that it did and I've also uh, come to learn as an adult that a lot of the backlash against disco was made of both racism and homophobia. Hell so, yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, spoiler alert, those things were still around in the 90s in the Midwest. We can both attest to that. And, 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 um, and while I've not lived there in almost 20 years, and I go back every so often, uh, it's 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 still still there. Um, I don't know if that's your experience, but I, I still see it every time. <laughs> every time I'm there. Yeah, um, I'm lucky to live in a big city where it is less so. 
But it's definitely still out there. I'm sure there's a lot of dads out there who still hate disco. And they need to just be quiet. (laughs) Yep. Uh, They they hate disco unless they're at their child's wedding. And then they're just like, hmm, YMCA, I can dance to this. All right. Um, Well, and I think you're right that Daft Punk fits in with, like, uh, the Crystal Method and Chemical Brothers. And um, even... Like, right after Def Punk kind of made the scene, we got our first hints of Fatboy Slim, which I feel like was kind of a tipping point for mainstream dance music success. Agreed. I think, actually, Homework and um, You've Come a Long Way Baby came out the same year. That's wild to think about. Yeah. That feels so much longer ago than... Fatboy Slim really was. You know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that means it's been oh, 25 no, I, years. You know what? I, I'm, I'm incorrect. I'm incorrect. It was it was Fatboy Slim's first album, Better Living Through Chemistry, that came out in September, oh, okay. of, in September of 96. And I think. But he, that still had a huge, that had a huge hit on it, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, see, and, and what, what really, what really struck me about getting getting into um this this era of, of music even as a kid it was just like it seemed like the chemical brothers crystal method fatboy slim um and, and even the uh beatier side of Britpop were looking at mid to late 80s hip hop and saying you know this this is something cool and and, and that even you could, I think you could probably draw some parallels with. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Stone Roses. I am a little bit, yeah. Ring a ding, ding, ding. I'm going down. Uh, yes, and then, uh, but their, but their song, uh, "Fool's Gold," is very much a is very much a, a, a melding of of hip hop and their their brand of mercy uh, influenced uh, house music. Or, Interesting. Or, or, or or dance pop or however you want to look however you want to call it, but um, and then Daft Punk sort of came out of left field and said, "Y'all, disco's really good." Right, and yeah. I like that even um, all the songs off Discovery where they had all those really popular anime music videos for them. Interstellar five 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 five, I think is what it was called. As a as a as a film. Yeah, I, I, be, I, be, yeah, I believe you. I don't know any differently, but <laughs> the people, like the settings and the action and all of it, seems very disco-y, which mm-hmm. is really, they're just like really buying into that aesthetic, which I, which I like. And even um, what's the? <clears throat> I feel like I'm doing a lot of that, like old person, like what's the thing that's like the thing, you know the. <laughs> Help me remember the name of the thing. But um, um, the video where it's all the people in suits all around a circle of stairs and they oh, all are like the doing the, that's around. the world. OK, yeah. yes, that I feel like has a strong like neo disco aesthetic. And I oh, really 100%. liked that video when I was a kid. Me too. Still like it to this day. Every so often I watch it and it makes me happy. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to watch it after this because I know it will make me happy also. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then the only other thing I remember at the time sounding close to Daft Punk in terms of just, I, I mean, 
not necessarily like in terms of quality because I think we could probably you could probably split hairs on on quality of their music around the same time. But Jamiroquai did a lot of the same things too. Oh yeah, interesting. Good point. Um, and all of that sort of happened in the late '90s, and then, uh, and then so Daft Punk is Daft Punk has a has a has a funny history, and and I know I'm probably gonna go a little bit. I, I apologize, but they started out as you know. They they have. Are you familiar with the band Underworld? I'm not. Okay, Underworld is is more of a. I, I, you could probably make the argument that Underworld is sort of the extension of New Order and Joy Division into just full on house music. Okay. Okay. Um, but Daft Punk and Underworld to me, seem to have similar origin stories because they originated as trying to do the late 80s, early 90s rock thing. And the reason Daft Punk Interesting. The reason Daft Punk exists is, I think it was their first single. I don't remember what it's called. It was either their first single or their first album, but it was a Melody Maker review that called them uh, Daft Punky Thrash. And that's where their name oh! comes <laughs> That's where their name that's, comes from. And I think that's... That's delightful. Yeah, it, it, it's just wonderful. <laughs> and um, and then I, I guess so, some changes were made and uh, whoever was in that band, uh, I don't know if they all sort of split and went their separate ways, but uh, Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo got together and, and recorded homework. And then Thomas Bangalter, I believe this happened after homework, but he started his own record label called uh, Roulet. And uh, this is actually where uh this is actually where i sort of followed along to a point where i was trying to find all this stuff on napster at the time oh Um, cool but uh there was a there was a and i I was finding this as i was watching amp on mtv i was trying to find all of this dance music because i realized a lot of it was was similar and trying to find you know the connections on the very early internet was nebulous at its most simple (laughs) um but you would get you know a a band by the name of stardust where they release one single one song three versions three or four versions of that song and then just vanish um but that song is called uh music sounds better with you and that was on roulette uh, DJ Falcon and Thomas Bangalter got together for a little bit and released a couple of singles. One was called Together and one was called So Much Love to Give. Together actually shows up on Daft Punk's live album, Alive 2007. Mm, interesting. The end of it. Um, and then recently... Uh, DJ Falcon and Alan, I want to say Brax, uh, they were to they were a duo in the late '90s, early 2000s. I think I'm going off of memory because um, I I actually didn't write notes, but I'm just 
all of this is sort of coming to me. Uh, but then they started, they, they announced that they were going to come back and release an album, and they've released a single, which I'm going to look it up right now. Um, it features Panda Bear from Animal Collective. Uh, I will edit this, I promise. It's called Step by oh, Step. It, it's called Step by Step and Creative Source. Um, it's just those are the two songs on the single. Uh, but Panda Bear is also on Random Access Memories. Yes, I believe. it's doing it right. Um, but uh, so all of this is to say. Um, Daft Punk may not have the biggest discography, but if you do a little bit of digging, you will find a, a, a very, a very nice, a nicely packed treasure trove of, of fun. I think. Um, right, there was very little um, filler on any of these. Like listening through all the albums, I was like, all these songs are good. Some of them just didn't fit the right mood for what we're doing here, and so then sure. I would skip them. Um, but uh, there were there were no real like turds in the pool, you know. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and that's there's one of their albums that I just I just don't care for personally. Um, Which one is that? It is Human After All. Oh my gosh, that's very interesting. Um, I th- well, I think I think no the, spoilers. Very no, interesting. I mean, no, yeah, I like, but like even with that, like listening to it again, I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of bangers here. Yeah. There's there's a there's a lot of bangers here, but um, very much like our last episode, The Velvet Underground. Daft Punk has sort of been with me for the past. Uh, 25 years <laughs> yeah and, that's so uh, nice and it's it's been a it's been a it's it's been a nice transitional object um and when random access memories came out i actually used um one of the songs um it's one near the end i don't want to say it just in case it shows up on either of our lists uh, but I used it in uh, the graduation video that i made for our class uh, in extra um and it, it closed it, and to this day, I, like I'm really proud of that. I don't think anybody else watched it during our ceremony. I don't think anybody else cared, but like it meant something to me. Um, you and, cared? Yeah, I did. Well, I'm talking about anybody else. I, I cared. Like it was one of the things. Like when <laughs> when Reba and I started really getting serious, I'm like, hey, you should see this because I made it when I graduated extra school. She's like, I'll bet you that made a lot of people cry. And I said, nobody watched it, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think when you are um, graduating from more of like a technical program, it's just like a different mindset than, you know, like high school graduation that everybody has to go to and stuff, you know? Sure, yeah. No, it's yeah. like a lot of lot of people who have jobs, a lot of people who have families, they're just mm-hmm. like, I just want to get through this. I didn't even want to come to this. Oh, yeah. My kids made me or... <laughs> right, and, and I thought it was, I mean, it was cool because it was just at our, it was just at our, like for, for x-ray techs, we get, we have a pitting ceremony. And it's where we get our ARRT pins. Oh! We take our oath and everything. We're all wearing black. I posts. love that. Uh, Aww. So postscript to that night, I can I convinced uh, several business people that we all 
got MDs and they bought us all drinks. That was fun. nice. <laughs> nice. Um, eat the rich. Um, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, or drink the rich in that case. Thank I mean, you. These are the jokes. Bleed, bleed them dry and drink them. Uh, <laughs> like fresh orange. Ju- I don't know. Uh, I'm just okay. <laughs> you wandered off into the weeds on that uh, one. Daft Punk's really cool. I love them a lot. And, uh, <laughs> d- despite that they hadn't really done anything in eight years, it was still sad last year when they released that eight minute video and saying, and it said uh, Daft Punk 1993 to 2021. Um, but, yeah. But I also think that uh earlier this earlier this year they just all of a sudden started streaming on Twitch and they streamed a, a very early concert, a concert pre-helmet. Um Right, I remember that. And um and while I don't know if it was the exact show where they taped their first live album, which is Alive 1997, but it was a it's it a lot of things sort of struck me as just how much other styles of music have taken from the ideas of Daft Punk. Like um, Alive 1997 is one long track, but it's also a mashup of everything that they sort of had in their arsenal at the time, as well as some improvisation, which is kind of interesting for an electronic artist. Yeah. Uh, And you could see like folks like girl talk, (laughs) uh, where that, where, where that sort of comes from in a lot of ways. I'm not saying that girl talk said "Hmm, alive, alive, 1997. I see you. I'm just going to blatantly rip off every pop song I can think of and make it sound different. Um, but uh that does make me want to listen to some girl talk though yeah Uh, that was such a like specific cultural moment yes when Um, that guy was everywhere he was everywhere and for some reason like i went i went earlier this year i went listening to it i went listen to uh what was the one feed the animals that i guess that was his real big one or was it the night ripper I don't remember. But Rebo's like, I thought you hated this. I'm like, I do, but this is pretty cool. Like, hearing, I think it's E40 and the Spencer Davis group on the same track, you're just like, how does, how? And then this has also kind of become a TikTok thing where they will they will mash up, you, you'll find mashups. I think DJ Cumberbund on TikTok, will, he will just pull out the weirdest mashups. You're like, wow, all this works. Um, Wait, can I tell you, um, this has reminded me of just a funny thing that has happened in the last about a month. Mm -hmm. Um, Friend of the show, Glenn. Oh, yes. Glenn is the best of us. Glenn is. Yes, Glenn is my favorite. Um, So last year, late last year, I asked if people wanted to do a playlist trade. And you were one of the people who did a playlist for the trade, and so was Glenn. Yes. And I think we had like 10 or 12 people. It was wonderful. I heard Mm -hmm. so much new stuff. It was really good. And um, Glenn's playlist was K-pop, which I just like don't know that much about. I don't not like it. I don't 
feel any special way about it. I just hadn't heard much of it at all. And it's like, if you don't seek it out, it doesn't really cross your path because it is all mostly in Korean and a specific kind of pop culture that just like isn't if I switch on the radio or so, you know, it just like didn't really get to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I ended up talking with Glenn Moore about K-pop and he was joking with me about a song that he hates. And when he sent it to me, I was like, oh, no, I actually like this better than all the songs you put on your playlist. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and so we were like, okay. I just hear Glenn going, damn you, subjectivity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so I was like, what do you hate about the song? And he was like, well, it sounds like multiple songs squished into one song. That's what just made me think of it. Thinking about how girl talk when you listen it's like it changes gears so seamlessly so much Mm -hmm. and basically what i figured out with glenn is that he hates when the time signature changes and i was like but that happens in so much different stuff um so now we have a uh an antagonism of sorts where he sends me songs he thinks are terrible and i'm like i think this is fine (laughs) it's delightful oh that makes me so happy that like just you and glenn doing that that made my day better thank you (laughs) it makes my day better too and genuinely it's so funny that he feels so strongly that he hates these songs They're just like inoffensive seeming pop music to me and he's like, No, this is the this is the worst move they could have made for this band at this time in their career. You know, it's like a whole thing. Meanwhile, it's just the very band like the very metal urge to change time signature. <laughs> yes, right. Math rock called. Oh yes. They'd like to have a word with you. <laughs> All right, should we should we do some lists? Yes, before we, we just we should do some lists before we get to it. I do want to <laughs> I do want to say neither of us are medical are medical providers. We are not giving medical advice. We are not therapists. Yeah, we are just enjoying our coping mechanism, which is listening to music, and we like that music can make us feel better. Caroline. Just two big dorks. Yes, yeah. yes, very big dorks. Um, the biggest, the biggest dorks. Yes. I will out dork you and your family. Um, Plus, we're both very tall, so we're really the biggest dorks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dorkos Largos Grandes. I don't know. Um, no, that's that's my favorite thing to order at Taco Bell. So. <laughs> we got it. These are the jokes. Okay. Oh, hashtag nailed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk some playlists, Caroline. Uh fire when ready yes so as a reminder we are going from anxious to elated yes elated is one of our new emotions this season oh actually actually, i'm sorry to interrupt you i just noticed something this is our 20th episode oh cool (laughs) we have enough fingers and toes to count Just just barely enough. Yes. Uh, unless there's something well, I don't know. This oh. is anyway. Right, I was gonna I was gonna joke like this is awkward, but I only have no, I have all my toes. <laughs> um Weird, okay. I have six fingers on my right man. I'll see you in my dreams, Indigo Montoya. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So it's 
Very funny that you said you hate the album. Not hate it, but don't like it very much. Human after all. I mean, it's the because it's the worst of a really good set of albums as far as I'm concerned. But that's that's just, that's just my opinion. But so I, actually, the and I don't think I've ever done this before. The first two songs on my list are both from Human After All. Okay. And I don't usually like to have songs back to back that are from the same album, just because I like to mix it up more than that. But these two just like really went together and felt like the right mood to me. Um, the first one is Technologic, which is the one. It reminds me a lot of Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. It's just like repeating a lot of things, but they're like internet words. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain, but you'll hear <laughs> it's, a clip. It's it's it's. <laughs> Circa early two thousands tech. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's it mentions it mentions faxing. It's yeah. pretty great. Zip it, unzip <laughs> it. Like. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Technologic. Technologic. Buy it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail, upgrade it, charge it, pawn it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, get it, paste it, save it, load it, check it. Well, I will say this. I will say this. You know how earlier we were talking on Discord, you said you had just finalized your list? Uh-huh. I just removed that from my opening spot. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Human After All almost had some representation on my list. Almost. But yeah, I, I that's one of the one of the stronger highlights on that album for me. Yes. Okay. And then number two on my list is The Brainwasher, which is, first of all, a great name. Yes. And second, it just has, again, like a really driving, like an anxious, clashy feel that I really liked. And um, number three on my list, we're going back to homework with the song, Oh Yeah. Which just has like a a really like a driving beat that feels anxious to me. It just has like that feeling of chaos. Mm-hmm. And also it is just a good song. Um, number f- number four on my list is harder, better, faster, stronger.
I think that might be <clears throat> I think that might be the most iconic Daft Punk song. Yeah. I think it's one of the examples of what they do in the most special way. Mm-hmm. Good Kanye song um, too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I do like that song a lot. Oh, Kanye. <laughs> um, okay. Number five is I don't know how to say the name of this. It's from the Tron Legacy soundtrack. It is called Derezzed. You said it correctly. Okay, I just have I haven't seen the movie, so this is the first time I had heard the music oh, as well. Okay. Also, I had a real time warp moment when I realized that Tron Legacy was in 2010. What? Yeah. That was so long ago. I mean, you know. I don't like it. I mean, 2020 lasted those eight years. That's true, too. (laughs) And then it was 10 years before that. Yeah, so it's been 100 years since then. Um, Okay. Number six on my list is... Around the world. Which is just, I was like, I think Around the World has very good vibes. And a lot of Daft Punk songs are sort of like ciphers. Like they're not telling you something good or something bad. It's kind of up to you mm-hmm. how you feel. And I, I like that about dance music in general, that it's like, even the stuff that is downbeat or that's about negative things is still a dance. You're still supposed to dance to it. You know, it's like, (laughs) there's sort of an inherent, um, upbeatness in the most literal sense. Right. And, and I, I think with Daft Punk in particular, a lot of it, a lot of it, regardless of like where we put it in our playlists, somehow it can still be comforting yeah like, definitely like i can, i mean even with even even with the brainwasher or oh yeah like if i heard those and i was feeling bad i would probably the way that it would probably work in my brain there would be some sort of like complimentary forming where it would just be like okay we're gonna use this and we're gonna feel better 
Um, yeah, that's what I think. Um, I think part of the goal of the music therapy exercise that we do is like um, the music kind of meets you where you are, but the goal is for the music to move you away from that. And that's I think it's um, it's an interesting thing because I we had talked before about um, we won't talk too much about it now, but um, how we thought that it would be easy to make this list. And it was actually very hard because I wanted to use everything. And I thought, you know, Daft Punk doesn't really have that wide of an emotional palette. And that was wrong. Yep. That was an incorrect thing to think. <laughs> um, and I was just like so pleasantly surprised by the level of the nuance and how many of the songs are very interpretable in that way. And um, how many slow songs there are that like weren't right for this, but they definitely exist and are good and uh but yeah okay so number seven on my list i think is my favorite of like the totally new to me stuff okay that i heard when i was doing this research it is off of random access memories and it is a song called contact Which is like, um, what a wild it's, cut, huh? <laughs> it, yeah, it's not only a very good song, but it has one of the most exciting, cool drum parts mm -hmm. that I've ever heard. And it's from this band that you're used to them having basically, like you were saying, it's like they have the disco drum machine and that is fine. That's the kind of music that it is. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it when you were talking before about how they started as more of like a traditional music music, like played on instruments kind of a band. And um, the level of skill and just like the, the drum part is so well designed. It's just really, it's really good. It's exciting to listen to and it gives it a feeling almost like you're listening to something that's like jazz more than dance music. You know, it just like... Yeah, and creates a very different emotional I feeling. Mean, and and like when you were saying that Discovery is probably their most famous album, I I don't disagree with you there, but I think the one real sort of the one the one album of theirs that anyone can sort of hold up against Discovery is probably Random Access Memories because it won all those Grammys. Um, right, and that one that one song was such a huge. Oh yeah, it was in, hit. it was inescapable. Uh, yeah, and then um, specifically on on that album, what I what I find fascinating is how that album still sounds like Daft Punk, but it's being recorded in a different way than they ever had done it before. Because I think they used all analog equipment to do. Oh, it. interesting! And uh, they had like Nile Rodgers of Chic producing, so the guy who produced, who basically who created the song "Good Times," which in a lot of ways could be credited with starting hip hop as a pop culture force because of yeah, he's iconic <laughs> even more so in England than yeah, here. And then, and then, you know, he did Duran Duran's best album as far as I'm concerned, my favorite Duran Duran album, like in terms of, I really like notorious a lot. 
and yeah, Nile Rodgers is awesome. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, they close that album with this, which is probably the disco robots doing prog rock. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It is, it is <laughs> so mind melting. And I, when um, uh, in, in when Pitchfork sort of did their, I think it's what their, I think their twentieth anniversary in. It was either it was either 2019 or 2020 and they started trying to do the we're going to go back and revisit some scores and oh yes I'm like why do you do, why do you just just re-review the albums don't do that um and I, I saw a lot of people like yeah random access memories isn't that good actually and i'm like maybe it's not 10 out of 10 good but like that doesn't mean it's not that good just I think you just, just right. <laughs> Daft Punk. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I, Contact is probably the song on that album that I've listened to the most, other than Get Lucky. I love that song. I think it will. I think it will be mine as well. Um, I had when I took my first pass through, I put Get Lucky on my list, mm-hmm. and then I was like. It just doesn't fit with the vibes that I want. But also the fact that the song is so oversaturated kind of works against it because it's a totally fine song, but I found myself being kind of like, I'm tired of this. And it's not, I've never sought that song out to listen to it before. It just is like, for a while, it just came at you from every direction all the time. And uh, it's hard to get out from under that kind of hype. Oh yeah, 100%. Okay, and then last on my list is off of discovery it is called veridus quo It's just like a, just like a cool, like fairly quiet, melodic little, pretty song makes me feel happy. It's a beautiful interlude. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. So that's my list. That's a good list. I feel. Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna call myself out here. Next to yours, I kind of feel like a basic bitch. I'll say it. I'm sure your <laughs> list is good too. Um, but, uh, so, uh, I actually, you know what, you're going to have to, you're going to have to refresh, refresh me on the overlap, but I think there is at least one. Okay. Oh, no, there's, okay. There's, I will refresh you. There's two because I'm, I'm opening from the Tron Legacy soundtrack with Derezd. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting.
this was the this was the hardest spot for me to really fill and i think the only reason i put and i say the only reason but like the reason derez ended up here instead of uh technologic i think it's because of the length of derez because it's only a minute 45 it doesn't really give itself a lot of chance to change vibes the way most of daft punk's orv does um did it did you just say oeuvre did I do that again? I think I did that. Oh, I'm. I think I did that. I think I did that earlier on, on an earlier episode, and I'm doing it again. <laughs> I'm just making sure we're saying the same. It is. Uh yes. Oeuvre. Is it? It's got kind of like that yes, French that, throat that's, sound. That's what I meant. Uh, because I don't. Yeah. Because I don't speak French. <laughs> so, uh, so. Fun fun fact fun fact about the word oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Is that it? It you know it means body of work for anybody at home who doesn't know. Sure. Um, and the word maneuver is man oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Man meaning hand, oeuvre meaning work. Mm-hmm. It is the work of the hand is your maneuver, which I think is kind of cool. Agreed. So that you know what? Okay, that actually tangent time uh that was yeah that was why i always had a hard time spelling out the full name of orchestral maneuvers in the dark oh yeah because interesting they, yes. they don't spell it maneuver they spell it maneuver maneuver yeah yes. i don't know how to do the french sound i'm not gonna disrespect that culture by trying <laughs> so um but yeah, good yes but yeah uh so i, I think tron Le- tron legacy is a wonderful score and um i think because derez kind of just stays at the solitary vibe for a minute 45 uh it's just you know thumping thumping beat and then the yeah the synths are just really kind of chaotic pretty sure there are arpeggios but i'm not positive on that um but yeah i do i do love that song but i i and I, I like that score a lot um second is going back to um probably i mean it's definitely one of my most favorite daft punk songs off of homework it's called burning it's in the second half and it sort of escalates from uh, a nice four on the floor rhythm or no i'm sorry four on the floor beat to sort of i'm they're like questionable synths no i say questionable but it's just sort of like they, they sort of happen and then the beat sort of drops and then you get one of Daft Punk's many just sort of undefeated bass lines. That, yeah. And, um, and I think, like, I think it was Skrillex who said if he hadn't saw Daft Punk live, he would have never gotten into it. He would have never, be, he would have never like, gotten into electronic music. 
Uh, oh, wow. I kind of feel like you could probably make an argument that Burnin has the first, not the first, but like you could see a, a dubstep-esque drop there in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. Wow, I forgot dubstep was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, d- dubstep was actually two things in a lot of ways. Um, I think, it, and it's one of those. Well, dub and also step. No, well, no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but well, it was it was weird because I'm gonna stop. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll keep us going for way longer than we need to be here. Uh, <laughs> Burning burn rules, um, and I, I I love it a lot. Uh, third is another one of my most favorite Daft Punk tracks. It's off of Discovery, and this is the first one that I sort of sang out loud without a care in the world. Uh, it's digital. Why don't you play the game? I also like that it, it's sort of there's it rings for like nervous about a new romance or and then all of a sudden yeah the dream's all done things like that but and I don't know if there are if these are synthesizers or guitars but that solo that's in the middle of the song my old roommate and I uh, his name is Sheb. This was the first one of the first songs that he and I sort of bonded over. It was this, and I think aerodynamic off of Discovery, where you're just like, man, these guys make sense, fucking rock. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yes. Uh, but but we 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 did love these two songs um, when we lived together. Off uh, moving to number four, it is uh, the inescapable Get Lucky. Featuring Pharrell Williams and Nile Rodgers. I'm not really gonna go mm-hmm. too hard here because I think we could probably quote Wayne's World on this one. It came in the mail with free samples of Tide. <laughs> you, 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 you were handed this song and you were just yes. and it stuck in your head um, absolutely it is a great song and uh, and yeah uh, number five is a fascinating one for me off of Discovery it's called Crescendals
Yeah. I like that this is just like a three to five second loop. And it becomes just just pure exuberance for three and a half minutes out of like a three to five second loop. And I think that's I think that's phenomenal. And earlier when you were when you were uh, you were you posted just doing daft punk things, you saw these lyrics of na 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 na. I think <laughs> the only reason I said is this crescendo is because I happen to be thinking about it at the time. <laughs> Uh, oh, I figured. And it also, I mean, it, there's a lot of Daft Punk songs that kind of like don't really have words. Right. Well, the funny thing is, Crescendals, like, I'm just, I'm just going to say this, Ambien missed a marketing opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> like, they could, they could have been, that, and then Ambion, it's perfect. You're missing out. I don't, e- I, I don't even have a degree in marketing, and here I am just doing the work for you. Uh, number six for me is Around the World. Same song, same spot. Same song, same spot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Seven minutes of a head nodding good time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, If anybody is on TikTok at all, uh, there's an account there. Uh, The name is Celesto Boy. I don't know where this person's from, but they dance in on a subway escalator to Daft Punk. The, uh, two Daft Punks around the world and they just sort of film other folks' reaction to him just sort of having a good time dancing and it it, it makes me smile every time I see it. Um, that sounds delightful. Uh, number seven is where I break away a little bit. Uh, it, it's another Thomas Bangalter joint, of course, but it is Music Sounds Better With You from, Star, from Stardust. this song caroline i'm gonna tell you right now you will hear it and you will think this is a daft punk song (laughs) yeah interesting i remember the first time i heard it i was i saw it on amp uh the mtv program that was basically dedicated to uh, electronic music Mm -hmm. for being such a, a very happy wonderful you know, statement because it's just there's no lyrics. It's just it's just the it's just ooh baby. I feel like the music sounds better with you. Uh, love might bring us back together. Over just a wonderful semi psychedelic hook 
four on the floor beat, of course. Uh, but the imagery here is a kid building a model plane over the course of a week while he's watching something very akin to like a total request live or the the daily top videos but in the background his parents marriage is kind of falling apart oh i don't know what i thought you were going to say but that wasn't yeah, it's, it it's 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 one of, it's one of those videos that no matter how I describe it to anybody, it's like, wow, that doesn't sound like a good time. But you watch it and you're like, oh, it kind of makes sense. And then all of a sudden, you know, there are there there's a there's a very daft punk looking trio in the clouds that makes sure the kid doesn't lose his model plane while it's flying. I, I it's, it, it, it's very delightful. It's a wonderful video and and um. I think in the mid 2000s, like 2000, somewhere between 2004 and 2006, uh, the magazine Mojo released uh, the 100 greatest singles. Um, they it was like it was a, a special edition issue, and this, this was on it. It was in like the top half. Oh wow! It was in the it was in the well, it was in the bottom half actually. But like the fact that this band that sort of released one sort of banger of a song and then just said, yeah, we're just going to keep it mysterious and vanish. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I think, um, I think if, well, we could say that modern EDM begins probably with Daft Punk in a lot of ways. Um, not trying to discount Chemical Brothers, Fatboy Slim, Crystal Method, any of those folks. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think music sounds better with you. It's probably like modern EDMs or one of modern EDMs perfect pop songs. Uh, Interesting. Uh, it, 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 I've ne- I've I have been crying and put this song on and immediately felt better. <laughs> so, so uh, and finally, my closer is off of Discovery. It's, I think, the penultimate track on it. It is Face to Face. There's not much I know about you. will always make you blind. But the answer is in clear view. It's amazing what you'll find face to face. All right. Uh, it's it's been my ringtone on my phone since like 2007 when I first got an iPhone. Um. It's also one song that when you listen to it and you, you sort of hear all the cracks in it, like where samples were take were, were put in and taken away, I, I, it's still sort of it's sort of phenomenal to me how it how I hum it versus how it actually is. Um, Interesting. And I can't really go into it without playing it next to me, and you, I'll just play the clip and hopefully. Hopefully that comes across, but uh, but face to face, face to face is probably my favorite Daft Punk song. Um, oh wow! Uh, 
and then like as much as I love everything else on my playlist uh, and since I love this band so much everything on your playlist <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like I think that's like face to face is the one that's sort of been with me the longest or at least been in my head the longest um, that's really sweet I mentioned earlier the video I did for x-ray school the song I used was um, fragments of time which I forget I forget who the singer is because I know it's the same person that sang face to face it is Todd Edwards um, and uh and yeah, Fragments of Time and Face to Face are, are, are wonderful. Fragments of Time is probably also in the top 10 if I were to actually make my own sort of listicle, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> uh, so that's my list. I think your list is very good. Thank you. Um, how did you feel doing this? I had so much fun with this. I think, um, I think we've talked already quite a bit about how it was but Mm -hmm. i was surprised first of all by how good all the songs were and second by the emotional range displayed across all the songs so i ended up with a list that i felt really good about and i usually like i'll make a pass through a band's entire catalog and just add everything that i think belongs on the list and then there's usually you know there's whatever 15 to 20 songs and then i narrow it down and this time i think i had 11 or 12 from that first pass because they really don't have that many albums and um it got really tricky really fast to try to cut any so it was uh it was more painful in that final stretch than some other bands have been. Yeah. Um, I had to, I had to, uh, I think, I think this was probably the first one of these where I've started like immediately after, after recording the show. And oh. The next day, the next day, like I, I, I realized like I have to stop because I have like, two-thirds of discovery on this list already (laughs) (laughs) that was what i almost i almost started with discovery because i was like i'm just gonna i think i added like five songs just from discovery you know Mm -hmm. because it's it's such an iconic album yeah yeah it, it really is and um i almost uh dipped into Alive 2007 instead of just having Music Sounds Better With You um, because the final song, which is actually the encore, uh, includes um, the song Together by Together, which is uh, Thomas Bangalter and DJ Falcon, as well as Music Sounds Better With You in a very... I think it uses those two songs really well on top of including elements of one more time as well. And uh, then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just, you know, I'm, I know I sort of telegraphed this in the Velvet Underground episode, but like, I'm just going to include Music Sounds Better with you. <laughs> I'm just going to do it uh, because um, 
I just I, I just think it's perfect and I don't not many I don't know if I, my opinion is it's perfect and I'm gonna stay there um I do want to say just about some other things um if you feel like uh watching their tour from 2007 there's a really good uh version of it on YouTube oh um, interesting where you, see, where you see them in the pyramid i think it's i think they're live in chicago uh, i don't remember i don't remember what it, i think it was 2007 prior to the release of the live album but it includes the entire set which opens with if you're familiar with close encounters of the third kind it opens with that tone that da, oh, okay. da, da, um and then goes through the entire set which is essentially just a live 2007 but because it has that, I think it's I think it's worth watching, and the audio visual sort of uh, experience that that is it, it's a really fun it's a really fun watch. Um, their live albums are really good, Alive '97 and 2007. They're both very wonderful. Uh, and and yeah, shout outs to, shout outs to Daft Punk. Yeah, I think... If we haven't said it enough yet. <laughs> but I think you were right that this is a band where their music just, like, makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Even when it's about bummer stuff or when it's, like, the more anxious kind of, like, rattle your bones kind of tracks. It still is, like... I'm not a, I'm not a dancer, but I, you know, bop my head a little bit to some Daft Punk. Oh, yeah. I've 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 never I've never been a dancer, uh, and I've listened to I listen to dance music and it calms me down in a way that I cannot explain. And, well, it's sort of like um, how they give hyper people speed, and that helps them, you know. Yeah, that's a way to think about it. It's just your Adderall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dance music. That's you know what? That's the episode title. Dance music is my Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Caroline. Um, so now we are at the point we are going where we have to decide what we're going to do next. And I kind of feel like the last two, possibly three, have been me. Mm, uh-huh. So uh, I, I want you to pick this one. Gosh. Oh, I have an idea. Okay. What if we do like a like a classic R and B person like Bill Withers or like Smokey Robinson and the Miracles or even like Aretha? Do you have feelings about any of those? I love all three of them very much. Uh, I I agree with Marianne Faithful when she says Aretha Franklin has the voice of God. That's true. Let's do let's do Aretha, and then um, let's we can line up another twofer. Um, where the next week we'll do one of the other two. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let's do two classics in a row. Um. So first will be Aretha, and then you want to do Withers after that. Yes, I love Bill Withers. That'll Me be too. wonderful. Bill, Wither, Bill Withers, fucking. What an incredible voice! Great songwriter. Whole oh. good thing. Oh yeah, and and like I love his voice, like just how understated he is. 
Like, he doesn't really yes. swing for the fences. And, He's, like, so low-key, and that's what makes him so cool. But he can still bowl you over. I love it. Yes, very um, powerful voice. Okay, so... Uh, so... The Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, is next. So, what do you say we roll some dice? Let's roll some dice! Here's our negative headspace. Is a six. That is defeated, which is new this season. Ooh. Yeah. That, I, potential already. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Aretha is kind of in, at least it starts in that moment yes. when you feel defeated. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and our positive headspace is a three. A content. So from defeated to content. All right. That's going to be fun. I think I feel, so, too. I feel like that's going to be hard just because of how long and wonderful Aretha Franklin's career is. But that's what I just... I just had a feeling, like, we're going to find out, like, with Dolly Parton, where she's released, like, 50 albums, you know? Oh, yeah. And... No. Well, yeah, and then there's, like, all of the gospel stuff she did. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to listen to some gospel. Yeah. Oh. Gospel Aretha is... Plus, I think, oh, I guess, I guess, like, Dolly and the Stones get back into the 70s. But I'm not sure when, if Aretha started in the 50s or the 60s. Do you know? Um, I believe she came to, she, she got noticed in the 50s, but, like, a lot of the, I, I say Motown, I know she wasn't on Motown, but a lot of, like, the, the stories of like Sam Cooke and Marvin Gaye and all mm-hmm. of them tried to say tried to stay in the gospel realm uh, before going to pop and soul oh okay yeah yeah <clears throat> well so um, then um, I was just thinking because that means Aretha is likely the most classic classic act that we've had yeah Dating back the furthest, yes. Well, okay, so there's... On Spotify, there's an album called Songs of Faith, Aretha Gospel. It says 1956. Whoa! The album cover... No, and I'm not saying... It looks like like a, a, a photo that I've seen of Aretha from the 60s. Oh, interesting. Okay. But, and then the, the album after that is uh, Aretha in person with the Ray Bryant combo in 1961. So I think we could probably say she stretches back to the 50s. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know where, the, where the holes are in terms of, in terms of Spotify's catalog because there's, it has those. Like Spotify has that with a lot of artists, especially when they have huge discoveries like also, um, I don't know if we've talked on the show that I am a, a bit of a singer. I sang in choir in school and stuff and did uh, solo and ensemble competitions and stuff. Um, and Aretha's range, or hers is bigger than mine, but like her classic songs are like right in my sweet spot. So I like oh, to nice. sing them at karaoke, for example. I'm going to have to go to Chicago and hear that. 
<laughs> Compared with a time when uh, a young woman who was a little too drunk queued up a ton of Whitney Houston songs and then left the bar. And so people were like, just sing them, it's fine. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> that is a range that I can't hack it. Like, but That's... how will I know? <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, and I like I it. I just want to dance with somebody. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll see you in two weeks. Yes. Uh, with Aretha Franklin from Defeated to Content. I think that's going to be so fun. Yeah, this is, this is, this, that's going to be awesome. Um, Caroline, where can the folks find you? The folks can find me uh, on Twitter. You can certainly just look through the Trivial Merit Twitter and then find me. Or my at is Ada Toriot. If you've seen me around, you know how to spell it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I write for Popular Mechanics. That's my gig. She writes about mind-blowing science stuff (laughs) and then exposes me to mind-melting science books like yes what is the name of the book that we both read but it's something i can't remember because it's so general well like i'm going through it completely slowly uh it's it's by sean carroll i want to Right, I actually, I let it lapse at the library. I was about a third of the way through and I was like, I need just a little break from this. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going through it real slow and um, each time, I I try and get through, when I start reading it, I try and get through a chapter. Uh, Oh, that's smart. sometimes, Sometimes I have to read the big picture on the origins of life, meaning, and the universe itself. Um, yes, it is a it is a philosophical space argument for a specific point of view and a way of looking at the world. And what I like most about now we're just talking about books. That's, that's okay. okay. That's um, okay. What I like most about it is that it is a totally secular argument about the nature of everything that exists and. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't see a lot, like, especially in the historical record, a lot of the arguments about what is space, what does it mean, are very tied into the idea of God, which, if that's for you, I'm totally into that. I support whatever you believe, but um, that's not for me. Same. And um, so it's interesting to read stuff that is about cosmology, which is the study of how the universe came to be, uh, that is absolutely just from a secular perspective. I really like that. Well, I also like how he... I mean, as someone who brute forced their way through A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and by brute force, I mean, I read page one to page whatever, and I barely remember it. Um, <laughs> because I was, I mean, as someone, and when I read that, I was not in a science-based career. Um, but reading this I, I like that Carol isn't just like, yeah, I, I can disprove God, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> like, he's like, well, okay, this exists, but also let's, let's, let's think about it this way. Like, and then he just, um, there's, um, early on, I don't remember which chapter, I think it was, uh, I'm in chapter 11 now. I think it was two chapters ago. He mentions a monk that was like, hey, maybe we should, st- we, there is a way to think about this scientifically and still be faithful. 
and, and yeah, this, this, right. this book is really wonderful. And it's kind of, I kind of wish I had this when I was in high school. Um, mainly because Oh, it would have been so far over my head at it, that it would, time. It, it would have been so far over my head, but it's written in a way that like, I want to try and get there. Yeah, it really invites you in. And you can tell that he wants it to be an expansive thing that includes people and mm-hmm. kind of tries to meet them where they are. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's also, I think, um, for me, as I guess I am a science communicator, that's my job. Yes. Um, I appreciate how much effort it takes to break down these really complex things. And he is layering like dozens of concepts and saying like, let's start at the very beginning and just do these one at a time. And you'll see how they all build on each other. And you know, it's really so well written. Yeah. It must've taken forever just to plan how to put it all, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. not I, even I, to write I, it. <laughs> I mean, thinking, thinking about road mapping this thing, I'm like, yeah. Um, but for some, for some reason, whenever I'm, whenever, and, and I don't know if this is going to land with you, but for some reason, whenever I read it, I hear Austin Walker's voice. In my oh, mind. I love that. And right. I, like his, I, I, his like, little, his little narrations that open oh, episodes of Friends at the Table. Yeah, That's really it's, sweet. It's so wonderful. I mean, like, like Austin, Sean, I know you both listen to this. You should get together. <laughs> <laughs> That would be wonderful. I I would love Austin Walker getting legit space credentials from a scientist. Oh, that, that would really be like the cherry on the Austin Walker oh, Sunday. Yeah, like uh, yeah, Austin. Uh, just shout outs to Austin Walker and Sean Carroll. <laughs> Separate, yes. Separately and together, friends of the table. Wonderful meals. people with great minds who yes. are so thoughtful and lovely. Yes, and not to completely take away from that, you can find me at infinite underscore rewind <laughs> anywhere I would like to be. That's Twitter and Instagram predominantly. Um, I also host a couple of other podcasts with some folks. Uh, one is called Story Route Zero, where three friends and I talk about video games we're playing. Another is with Caroline's and my mutual friend, Jesse, where we talk about Jesse. It's called Free Reeling It. And uh, you can also find me on the Bald Gun Guy podcast, where we talk. About, yes. Where we talk about Hitman one level at a time. We are about to record the uh, Mumbai level, um, but uh, it, you, my debut on this is the uh, Santa Fortuna level that came out a few weeks ago. And Six and Ty are wonderful individuals, and I, I, I very humbled that they let me talk about a franchise that I love and they are very fun to talk to about said franchise. We love that for you. uh, Me too. (laughs) Um, But uh, the last thing, last order of business is uh, our theme song, which we have. Yes. Another, another new thing for this season done by uh, my friend Julian. Um, you can find him on Twitter at J-U-L-Z-V-Z. Uh, his music is wonderful. He really loves... He, he loves Castlevania with the most wholesome earnestness that I could even dream of trying to imagine up. 
and uh, and and he's a wonderful person to follow. Sometimes you could just follow him on Instagram, and he you'll he'll post a video of him noodling on his guitar, and dude's got dude's got some talent. Any game dev that may actually hear this, give him work because uh, you won't regret it. Um, also, you can catch him on Twitch streaming video games. Uh, he's a very fun presence to watch. J-U-L-Z-V-Z. Thank you for the theme song, Julian. Wonderful. And uh, I think that I think that's all the business. So we'll see you in two weeks with Aretha Franklin. Yes. Uh, from defeated to content. Correct? Correct. So we'll see you in two weeks. Same time. Same station. We did it.